0: I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. We are high above Husky Stadium. What do what, what they call the field? Alaska Airlines Field? Mm-hmm. Can I keep on forgetting All that. All these years? And- <laughs> well, you got Alaskan <laughs> Heck Ed, yeah, Alaska Airlines Arena, and I don't it's know. It's not I, Bank of America anymore, Kim. It's, uh, it's late. <laughs> I get confused. But, uh, anyways, University of Washington defeated uh, Cal in overtime 31 to 24 in front of an announced crowd of 60,104 it was definitely bigger than the arkansas state game which had a higher announced attendance but you pretty much credit that to the student section being full students back in town game time started at 6:40, ended at 10 23 and a very very nice 74 degrees at kickoff but um Strange stuff happens in Cal. I told you guys, I've been saying it for three, four days now. Every time we play Cal, we just uh, – something strange happens. And that didn't end tonight.
1: No, I mean, it's – it's this certainly is a better time to finish than the – what was it, it one thirty that we finished the game two years ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's – it was never going to be easy. Cal is, you know, say what you want about their offense, their defense, whatever, personnel, all that stuff. You know they're going to be well-coached. You know they're going to come in. They're going to scrap like hell. And they have a quarterback that can get things done. And bottom line is is that Chase Garbers wanted this win just as bad as Washington wanted this win. And and for a while there, it looked like Washington was going to get get it done until the Chase Garbers show showed up in the second half. And then it was uh, all hands on deck. How many times did I
2: say, you better get somebody to spy on him. Yeah, but this
1: isn't new news for them. I know. He did this exact same thing two I know. years ago.
2: He was killing them, just killing them. He ended up leading the All-Rushers, yeah. Washington and Cal, with 71 yards. Yeah, and- I don't,
1: and I don't want to jump ahead, but this definitely was a big redemption story for Kyler Gordon in many ways, and I thought that was
0: one of the big uh, talking points of this game. Even with the wind, I couldn't help but thinking, you know, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking at every unit on this team. I'm not seeing a unit on this team I'm impressed with. I think they have all underperformed. I think the offense is underperformed. I think the offensive line, the running backs, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and even looking at the, over at the defensive side of the ball, I think that the defensive line, the defensive ends, uh, the inside linebackers and the corners have all underperformed this year.
2: Well, I think they definitely can play better than what they've played. Um, the receivers were making some catches early. I I think Dylan Morris is still showing some growing pains as a starter. I think that's a big thing because the second half, they just game planned. They schemed for Washington. They made it very hard for him, but there were guys open and Dylan wasn't seeing them. So I, I think this team has better football ahead of it, which is good. They haven't played their best football yet. And they just got back to five hundred on the season, which when, when we watched Cal, I'm sorry, when we watched the Montana game and yep. the Michigan game, did you? There was even, a lot of people out there yeah. that
1: wondered if they could get to two wins. Yeah,
2: and and Washington's at, at 1-0 and on the season in, in um, conference play. They've still got all of the goals that they set out. To, to go to other than the college football playoff. So. Yeah, There's a,
1: there a lot of fans out there that, that, you know, they saw Washington fall apart a little bit in the second half. And to me, I agree with Scott in the sense that, you know, they clearly schemed a certain way. They had some plays. They had some wrinkles. And they were able to execute at a pretty high level that first half. They were able to get some performances from some guys that we hadn't seen performances from, namely Devin Colt, who I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. But they were able to get some things done offensively. They started with Sean McGrew at running back. I think that made a difference. And then defensively, they they were missing some guys as well. But then other guys stepped up. You know, you had Michelle Powell making his first career start uh, instead of Trent McDuffie. Those things, you know, those things are not going to happen easy for a guy who's a walk on player trying to fill those types of shoes. So there was a lot of
0: things going on, Kim. Well, not only did not only were they missing guys, guys were getting dinged up. I mean, you the know. The guy who made the play of the game has basically both of his
1: hands. Rap. I mean, they're they wrapped up to the point where I couldn't tell if they were cl- from that, from, from in the press box, Kim, I couldn't tell if they were clubbed.
0: They were like, just, just heavily wrapped up. Yeah. You know, Bookie, uh, Radley Hiles, you know, went to the tr- uh, locker room with the trainers, Eddie Ulofosio. I don't know if he got a couple of teeth knocked out or what, but Eddie got hurt, Jackson Sermon got hurt. And
1: he's been dinged up. I mean, yeah. guys,
0: guys are banged up, and I think
1: that's a, a factor of them really practicing and scrimmaging hard, like we saw in spring and fall, and really going full bore, whereas with Chris Peterson, you just didn't necessarily see that in training camps. Um, I, this may be a situation where Jimmy's going to have to learn – um, not necessarily the hard way, but is going to have to understand that maybe you can't let them go and, quote-unquote, play the game in camp quite as much as maybe you thought you were going to be able to.
0: Yeah, you know, I didn't make a list of everybody that was out, but uh, Kate Otten out on uh, COVID protocol, Jack Westover not suited. But he was there, Uh yeah. Quo uh, Pehopa, Pehopa, uh was on a scooter and a boot. It looks like he's going to be a while. Void um, T- Tanuvi T- was. Um, uh, was I, that- I I don't know what the matter with what the problem was with him, but he was there not suited. Uh, Trent McDuffie, of course, yep. was uh, not suited. Who am I missing?
1: Well, you got, they got Roma Dunsey back, which ended up being a, a pretty big thing—not yeah. just in the receiving game, but also uh, you know blocking and doing some nice things downfield in that in that area. So yeah, they got one guy back, but when you're missing a handful of, of top guys that you're really counting on, that can make a huge difference. And it wasn't like Cal wasn't uh, banged up a little bit either. Koidang, you know, their their big time uh, linebacker. Uh, he didn't show up, he didn't play, and that's that was a huge thing for them, too. So, both teams were, were banged up and smarting a little bit, for sure.
0: Uh, Newton, um, Richard Newton. You he know, was wor- suited. He was suited, he was warming up where it was, he was dinged all week and didn't practice much. You know, that's the rumor on the sideline, we weren't able to, you know, mm-hmm. Jimmy's not going to comment on that, but, you know, that kind of opened the door for Sean McGrew and I know there's a lot of Sean McGrew fans out there and some guys thinking that Sean McGrew made all the difference in the world. But, you know, Sean McGrew was uh, 16 carries for 53 yards, so he averaged, what, 3.1 yards a carry? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: the last three carries of the game, though, yeah. all from the Wildcat, ended up in the touchdown. So in the moments that mattered, Kim, he made a difference. That that's, that that's You can't really dispute that, but yes. The running game you're, is still... You're- uh, Your nice. argument for the last few weeks is that it doesn't matter who was going to be running the ball if the offensive line couldn't block anybody. I think that pretty much still held true. They had a very difficult time holding their blocks tonight in general.
2: By the way, how about that, uh, you know, I mean, Kamari Pleasant fumbles. You know, that was brutal. That was that was a tough one to take. Yeah. But um, how nice was his catch in overtime? Oh, for but sure! breaks yeah. like three tackles. Yeah, it does and a couple spin moves gets it down to what the two or three
1: yard line. Yeah, he got it it down was. inside the five, yeah. and, and that was a huge play. That kind of set everything else up because I think the they also had a penalty a penalty then. that moved yeah. it back a little bit. So it was good that they were able to get so close to the goal line to to start that um, particular um, yeah. that set of downs. But
2: but um, well, you know the one thing is, and I, I've been talking with a bunch of football guys over the past couple weeks. And we're all kind of in agreement. Until Dylan Morris proves that from an entire game he can beat you down the field, teams are just gonna continue to stack the box. And John Donovan likes those tight sets for whatever reason and it totally gives away what they're gonna do. And I was telling Chris, cause I had my binoculars, remember I said, yeah. there's there's um, eight guys in the box right now. And then they motion in Either a receiver or a tight end, bringing that defender in. So now you have nine guys, and you only got seven guys to block. Right, and it's just—it's
0: almost like I'm it's a, hard. You know what? I'm going to prove I'm bigger, better, better than you. And they're
2: not—not
1: not not yet. On. No, they aren't at all. And, and yes, when you are outnumbered, it's very difficult to take on that many blockers. But what I saw tonight, honestly, guys, was a good scheme going in. They were able to get. Uh, Dylan uh, some time to throw the ball. He went downfield. Culp had a couple big catches to start, including that one crossing route where it was like I wrote about. it. it was like I called it prime Hunter Bryant. Yeah, I and mean, it looked like a, a classic crossing underneath drag route that those guys would have would have been doing all day long. Um, you know, back a few years ago. And so it was great to see Devin Culp kind of get up off the mat because he's had a couple catches. During his career here, that would have made a big difference and hadn't been able to execute. And today, not only did he execute, but he did it in a huge way and in a situation where he didn't have the guys around him that he would have normally had. And that was just, uh, that was so cool to see him um, really perform the way that everyone kind of expects. Him to perform
0: you take a look at a few of the stats washington was 30 30 rushes for 92 yards that's not going to get it done 3.1 yards per carry on the other hand cal ran the ball 37 times for 138 yards uh passing attempts uh washington was 19 of 32 for 234 chase garbers uh was um Thirty of forty-two, and I forgot to get his yardage down. But he also had two interceptions. But you know, one of the stats that really, you know, um, you know, stood out to me was Washington ran sixty-two plays. Cal ran seventy-nine.
1: Yeah, no, they couldn't. They couldn't extend drives. They could, especially there was some some real head scratchers uh, in the second half in terms of like I know there was that one third and two play where they decided to go down the field um, when all they had to do is they could have run the ball. They were still in a situation where they weren't going to be able to go two downs. I mean, they were still kind of stuck in their own end a little bit. Um, but just some real head-scratching plays. And, again, I think they had a good scheme, obviously, coming in. They were able to, to exploit it a little bit. They were able to jump into a pretty decent lead. What was it, 21-10 at the half? And that includes the field goal at the very end of yeah. the half. Yeah, it was 10 was very confusing to me up in the booth because we, we, thought, were, there was we, a yeah, we thought the time had run out. And then they put two seconds back on the clock.
2: So, Saying that Cal called the timeout, but we thought they had burned all that time. Yeah, timeouts. and, this, so and we, what we didn't
1: realize is that was a preview of coming attractions yeah. for the end of the game uh, clock snafu that apparently the officials apologized to Jimmy Lake on um, for making some mistake because it sure looked like Jimmy wanted to get as much time as he could left on the clock uh, because they were about to get Cal to, to uh, punt the ball away. And it didn't work out. It probably
2: worked out better in Washington's favor. Than well, wasn't more
1: time. As it turned out, yes, because yeah. that that drive still allowed yeah. them to get to the point where they could try a fifty-five-yard field goal at the end.
2: Yeah, and for those who didn't
0: see it, Jimmy was pissed, irate, you whatever you want to call it, he was going nuts. I mean, he was flailing his arms. I mean, I was kind of at one point. I was surprised that there wasn't a flag thrown on him. Well, the know, only the thing that
1: was. I could make heads or tails out of is that. They had, the, they had the penalty or they had the situation where they, were, they had to wind the clock and then all of a sudden it just started going. And I'm pretty sure he tried to call timeout right then and there because they, that would have saved them 15 to 20 seconds. And he had enough timeouts where he could have forced Cal into a punt if they had just held them because they were, Cal was going backwards. Because at a certain point, you know, they got down to where it was 18 seconds. And that's where Jimmy kind of blew a gasket. Because instead of 18 seconds, there should have been more like 38 to 40 seconds. And so, and, and they were just going backwards into their own end. So once they were going backwards, Kim, they weren't going to try to get out. They were just going to run the ball and and kill the game and go to overtime.
0: Well, the the new Pac-12 commissioner, George Kleofkoff, was uh, down on the field for the game. He was down there for pregame, and he was there during the game. And I'm sure he's heard the issues with the officiating and – I'm sure he saw it firsthand, you know, with the uh, personal foul penalty on Romu Dunze. You know, I saw him and he I just looked at him. He kind of looked at me like, what the hell was that? I mean, they're really going to call that? Mm-hmm. You know, he had that look on his face. And then the one with Jimmy Lake, I'm sure that's going to wind up on his desk. not?
1: Well, that's... it'll be Merton Hanks. Yeah, But it'll, yeah. The, executive, the executives of the Pac-12 offices are going to be, I guarantee you, they're going to be pouring over the end of
0: the, this game. The point is... The new commissioner of the Pac-12 was here and saw it firsthand. Yeah? You know, it was like uh, last week. There was so many late whistles. I mean, so many late whistles. So, you know, we had a few snafus, which you expect once in a while. But, you know, with the reputation that the Pac-12 has on um, <laughs> initiating.
2: And we're four weeks in. But that, but we're that, four weeks in. But guys, yeah. is that
0: just all part of the Pac-12 after dark mystique? Is that, oh,
1: Or is that part of what you were talking about at the very beginning, Kim? The idea that for some reason... The recent games between California and Washington have just
0: been weird. I saw um, Peter Sermon's brother on the sidelines before the game, and I just looked at him. I said, "No weirdness tonight, no weirdness," and he just started laughing. So,
2: was that uh, John no. Camden's dad? No, it was another was it David. One? No, it wasn't David either. Okay, so there's a
0: fourth one. Said. There's know. another sermon <laughs> running around out there. The unnamed sermon. He professor. looks just like Peter. Okay. So. Um, anyways, just, uh, another, uh, with the two tight ends out with, uh, Westover out and, uh, De- uh, Kate Otten, Kate Otten out, Devin Colt, five receptions for 81 yards. And he's kind of been, had the reputation of having hands of stone, but, uh, he made the catches today.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. we talked, we just talked, we about, talked about it. About it yeah. yeah. We just talked he, about he, it. You know. it's, it's, it was a phenomenal night. Um, no one was happier for him than Jimmy Lake. They gave him a game ball. Uh, after the game, and I think hopefully, this is that's the kind of performance you might be able to see out of a guy who's about ready to, to break out and do some big things. Because the bottom line is, even if Kate Otten and Jack Westover were both in this game, Kim, they need a third tight end for what they're trying to do, for creating those power sets, for trying to lean on you know r- you know pitching the ball out and running behind big guys. They they need as many of those athletic tight ends as they can get in the game, and you know they tried to use Mark Redmond for instance, and he wasn't in very much. And then he gets called for a holding penalty that to me looked pretty phantom. I mean, it, if you want to call that a, as a holding penalty, you could literally call holding on like every single
0: play. They really missed Jack West over tonight.
1: They sure did, and they used Javon Forward in the game, and um, in 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 terms of like. Dot in the eye and running straight eye formation right into the pile, lead ISO, all those types of things, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work at all. And so, again, this is where I feel like I think they came in with a strong game plan. They were able to get scores early in the first half. But when Cal made adjustments in the second half, Washington was kind of forced to fend for themselves and go back into these kind of schemes and formations and philosophies that really got them in a huge rut the first two games of the season. Just they went kind of back to the things that they had tried to practice in the spring and the fall, and those things have already shown that they're just really ineffective. I mean, trust me, guys, when they have to run Wildcat three straight plays in order to score a touchdown in overtime, that'll tell you where their run game is right now. Their run game, they are searching for any kind of confidence and any sort of momentum. In the run game. And you you mentioned it, Kim. Was it 30 carries or whatever for 90 yards? I mean, I'm sorry you can't – as, as pass-happy as, as people think the Pac-12 is and all that, you cannot survive in this conference offensively if you're only averaging three yards a carry.
0: And I don't care if you're only running air raid. And that's what Jimmy's wants the identity of this team to be, is a smash-mouth football team. And it team. can't
1: be. It can't it be when guys are unwilling to show it or – Conversely, when we see the number of bodies and the amount of walking wounded that this team has too, I mean, and a lot of that is because they were beating up each other in
0: spring and fall. Coming out party today, would you call it a coming out party for Tyler Gordon? Kyler, Kyler Gordon, yeah. you really are. I, I, you gotta get. I, come on now. You come saw, on, you, you can make it. You saw how many times I've yawned. Come since on, I walked come on, Kim. Here, but, you uh, can make it. Yeah. If, if if we can make it, you can make it. You guys sat up here the whole day. That's okay. <laughs> Kyler Gordon, uh, two interceptions, ten tackles. Uh, he was all over the field, and I don't know if you guys got it or not, but uh, the flip he did after the
2: game—that was—he yeah, talked about it in the game. That was pretty thing. impressive. Well, what people,
1: what people have to remember is that two years ago, it, he he put a lot of that on himself, the loss to Cal two years ago. Because on that final drive, after after Washington took the lead on the Peyton Henry field, the long field goal, and they had, what, about a minute and a half left, yeah. or whatever it was left, and Chase Garbers kind of did the same death by 100 paper cuts that we saw tonight, but it didn't work out tonight in their favor, but he was doing the exact same things, and a couple of the plays that happened in that drive, Kim, one of them was a big completed pass against Kyler Gordon, and the other one was a pass interference call. Well, what people also have to remember is that Kyler Gordon was a freshman. He was really having to learn some lessons the hard way, and, and, and ideally in a way that he shouldn't have had to worry about doing those things at that time. But now you're seeing the maturation. You're seeing the evolution. You're seeing the development of Kyler Gordon up front and personal, and especially with Trent McDuffie out, you would have thought Cal was going to be targeting him big time. Or going the other way and targeting Michelle Powell, which I don't think they really did no. anywhere near as much as maybe I thought they would as soon as the starting line, uh, the starting
2: lines were announced. So, um, I mean, up until tonight, the biggest play that Kyler has had is this forced fumble against uh, yeah. Ty Jordan yeah. in last year's Utah game, uh, Utah game yeah. and that ZTF picked up and took the other way. but utah was going to go down and score yeah they were on their way to scoring and washington and kyler forces that turnover and and uh it it set washington up to get that miracle comeback win so
0: yeah jimmy talked about post game you know the washington you know gets a reputation by some people out there is just recruiting and bringing in cover corners and that kind of gets jimmy going a little bit because he he wants guys that are going to be physical and tackle and we saw that from Kyler Gordon tonight as well, and we have. Because if you take a look at Kyler Gordon's reputation of being an elite athlete, being a dancer, you're not going to think of him as a guy who's willing to stick his nose in there and be physical. Same, you know He's as physical as any well, corner again, that's been here.
1: Yeah, and again, that was the same thing with Cameron Williams. Cameron Williams was beat up tonight. But yet, like Jimmy said, he's kind of joking. He's like, he, he used whatever body parts were still available that were healthy. Yeah. In order to try to jar that, you know, he put a shoulder in um, right around the same time Jackson Sermon kind of rocked uh, Damian Moore at the end. And that was enough to get the ball loose and Ryan Bowman pounced on it to, to win the game. And these minute, are the, these wait, are the wait, kinds wait. of things that they had to do in order to try to pull this thing out.
0: Ryan Bowman did not pounce on the ball. He I, just grabbed it. I mean, whatever. it's, it's, it's just, the one game of the was over. Of, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the ball is on the ground. He wanted Ryan a stupid score. He actually bent over and picked up the ball instead of falling on it. Well, let's get to fall on that, don't you? No,
1: their, their, their number one job is to score. That's what he was. That's but what he wanted he to do. And to then do he realized.
0: Yeah. Then he realized he, he didn't it. need to. Were you in for this? Yeah. 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 You were yeah. in the right.
2: And yeah. he said, "Yeah, I started to pick it up, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I just need to fall.' I on just it. need to
0: fall <laughs> on it. He bent. I've got a picture. I'll I'd put out there, but he's actually. Bent over at a 45 degree angle, picking up the football. So. But that shows great awareness. Because <laughs> yeah. their, their, first,
1: their first instinct is to pick it up and run. And then he realizes, wait, hey, if I just end the play right
0: here, it's over. Who so. was it who said, just go down, son? Was yeah. that Bo- that was um, I don't remember Bob Rondo? Okay. Just just yeah. go down, yeah. son. You know, we're gonna cut this short. I'm wiped out. I'm exhausted. It's a long day. It's it's just yeah, it started early in the morning, so I'm wiped out. But uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, just final thoughts, Scott Ecklund. Final thoughts.
2: Great win. Um, gutty win. Gritty win. Not not a pretty win, but it's a win. And you take it. You're two and two on the season. It's basically. And they say this. Uh, this football team is saying this every week. We're zero and zero, right? <clears throat> but they really, truly are zero and zero now. Now it's time. To go forward, you gotta get a win next week against Oregon State, which is not gonna be easy. Huh. They blew out USC tonight, forty five twenty seven. It's gonna be down in Corvallis. That buzz saw is gonna be going quite a bit. Um. Who know, who knows if Kyler Gordon or I'm sorry, if uh Kate Otten's gonna be back. It doesn't sound like he's gonna be back. Contact tracing could keep yeah. going. And so. and then then you talk about Trent McDuffie, you talk about some of these guys that are out. Richard Newton is nicked up, hopefully a week off for him. Gives him some time to get healthy and everything like that because I think they can use his physical style of running at different times too. But I, you have to win. You have to learn how to win crap games like this. Washington won this. They can fall back on this when they're in a tight game. They're like, hey, we can win these games. We've done it before. We can do it again. And I think that's going to be a huge key going forward. Now, could it happen this year? Hopefully, it does. But uh, I think going forward, it's going to help them. Chris Fedders, final thoughts?
1: Yeah, and I think that's important going into a game against Oregon State. Who's going to be riding high? I mean, you don't go, <laughs> you don't go into USC because uh, this was that game was in LA tonight, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they. When
0: was the
2: last time Oregon State did that? I, I, I bet that's a record. Uh, I can't remember, thing, but,
0: but this, in the '60s.
1: But there's going to be there's yeah, going to be a lot of Beaver believers with some Beaver fever going on next weekend in Corvallis, and that's going to be a really tough test for them. But the last time they went to Corvallis. They really shut Oregon State down defensively. Their offense Edith, didn't do it. That well, was the that was the Edifou on Ulafoscio show. That's when he came out and had a breakout performance. That was Excuse when me.
2: Washington gets the big run from Savan. Yes. To get the win.
1: So but but to me, to sum this thing up, they had to find any means necessary to win this game. Because you're talking about a team in Cal that had beaten them twice by a total of what? What were we saying? Five Three point? points.
2: Three points. One point yep. and two points. One point.
1: So three points the last two games. So they knew it was going to be a, a war no matter what. And, and you guys, everyone's mentioned how tough this game, everyone expected it to be. But everyone's talking about it in that way because they just don't think Washington's very good. And Washington still has a ton of things that they've got to get better at. For sure. There's absolutely no question about that. But the fact is, you talk to a guy like Ryan Bowman after the game, Kim, he's going to tell you the only way that these guys get better is if they have confidence, if they can build on momentum. And when you're stacking on wins like they have the last couple weeks, that's going to do a lot for these guys' confidence, and that's going to help them out a lot. And Jimmy Lake said it himself too. He goes – Hey, we may not have the playoff in front of us anymore. We may not have certain things in front of us, but we have a Pac-12 title still in front of us. We have all those goals in terms of our league right in front of us. We're 1-0, and we've got a lot of work going on, but we're capable of doing it. And they have the pieces to be able to put something together. And
0: I'm I i just, I'm really excited to see what they can do going forward. Well, let's see. You know, I haven't seen the team I expected to see so far this year. I haven't seen what I expected to see is what we've seen so far who this team is or are they going to start hitting on all cylinders which I think they're capable of doing. So, you know, another week where we still got to find out cuz I don't think a lot was proved today. Uh, so, uh, next week going on the road, you uh, know, down to Corvallis and the smell of the alder wood fireplace stoves eking in, the smoke over the stadium and Oregon State. I mean, they they just, they they bitch slapped USC today. Yeah. They really did. So, uh, it'll be interesting next week. So, uh, let's end this. You ready to go? Yeah,
2: I am ready to go. All right,
0: for <laughs> all of us at dogman.com, I'm My Kim kids are going to have me saying.
2: My kids are going to wake me up at 6:30. It's 12:25. Let's go.
0: You still got some work to do. I
2: actually, yeah, I can do. A I'm weekend. the only one that's got work today.
0: All right. All right, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eckley, and Go Dogs.